0: You can't use up creativity. The more you use, the more you have. Maya Angelou.
1: You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to this episode of Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hole. And I'm Lee Esses. Today, we're going to be talking about the muses. Yes. The place where you draw grand inspiration for amazing stories.
0: So where do you get your ideas?
1: Some of my ideas have come from weird dreams that I've had. I always have weird dreams, so that's not really unusual for me. But a lot of the things that, for me, when I find some source of inspiration, it's because I either found a style that I really like or I learned something new. I found out a while back that there is albinism in plants and now I really want to write a world where all the plants are white. That's interesting. If ever I feel
0: like I have a little bit of a writer's block, I'm not really inspired to write, learning something new is my go-to. Learn something interesting and automatically at least want to write a short story surrounding that particular topic.
1: We, as authors, always want to have that spark of inspiration to get us going. Most authors are creative types, and that's what drives creativity is that inspiration, or at least that's what everybody says. But really, when you want to pursue being an author as a career, it's more about the discipline. It's not about writing when inspiration strikes. It's writing even when inspiration isn't there. And in this
0: month of NaNoWriMo... Being inspired is a really useful tool, but it teaches you the value of discipline and getting something written anyway.
1: So we want to talk a little bit about how to get inspired even when you don't have it there right away. Both of us said that some of our inspiration comes from learning something new. So very cautiously, research. Research can help drive inspiration. If you're looking for something actively try to learn something new. I kind of feel like our listeners are already
0: in that category because you as listeners are already in pursuit of learning something. That's a lot of what podcasts are about. A lot of my instigators, a lot of my catalysts for research topics start on podcasts that I
1: listen to. And we've said it before, but it's always something good to remember. Research is not plagiarism if you're stealing from everybody. Yes. Another place that I tend to find a lot of inspiration, people watching. Because I'm a weird person, I have different kind of interactions with people than a lot of other people do. And there are some types of people I tend to not associate with being an introvert. They scare me because they're super extroverted. (laughs) But if I go and I can people watch, I can see that genuine human interaction, it can help inspire my characters.
0: And it's not just interaction. I was at a local sandwich shop today and someone from the army came in and she chose a particular seat that was facing all of the doors in the building. And she sat with her back to the wall and she ate her sandwich. That tells me about her character.
1: You can see mannerisms that are unique to certain types of people. You can see tics that you can add to your characters to make them real, to make them realistic, and to help people relate to that. That is a source of inspiration. So I see people all the
0: time. What's the difference between drawing inspiration from them and just sort of existing somewhat near them? How do I do the difference?
1: The difference is observation, active observation. This is something a lot of people lack because they are so buried in their cell phones or they're so buried in their own little world that they're not actually paying attention to the outside world. So if you're wanting to people watch, if you're wanting to find that inspiration out there in the world, you need to be in the world in that moment.
0: Yeah, I'd say I'm not necessarily thinking about the past or the future when I'm people watching, when I'm trying to learn something about somebody else the closest I get to that is to try to predict and then see how it comes out.
1: So it's like seeing somebody that in the first couple seconds of observation, you kind of see that they're a little bit clumsy. You can see them fumbling with a stack of books and you can kind of predict what's going to happen there that they're going to end up dropping the stack of books or they're going to end up tripping because they're not focusing on their feet. And then if that actually happens then that is that verification of, okay, yes, you could see these certain mannerisms lead to this outcome that you can use in your stories.
0: There is a particular coffee shop nearby here where they are just burdened by hipsters. But if I see a guy walk in with skinny jeans and a man bun and a laptop, I can guarantee where he's going to sit and that he's going to be alone because I've seen it time and again every time I'm in the coffee shop and I see somebody with that much face fur, we know they're going to be sitting alone because he came here to work on a project.
1: And this may feel a little bit weird, but take notes. If you see something interesting, if you see something unique in someone, write it down. And then you can take that and apply it to your writing a lot more effectively than if you just rely on your memory.
0: So what do I do when I don't particularly feel inspired about this next scene, but it needs to happen before I get to the part that I'm actually interested in? Play Uno with it.
1: Skip. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Jump past it. Throw in some brackets. Say, hey, this is the general idea of the scene that I want to have here. And then move on. Go to something else that you can actually feel like you can write in that moment. The most effective writing session that I've had this year was at our writer's retreat. And I did that. I had a lot of inspiration for the interactions between my villain and my good guy while my good guy was being held captive. But I didn't have a lot of inspiration for the mentor and the companion who were trying to figure out how to get her free. And so every single time where it was supposed to be a scene between the mentor and the companion, it just went, and they do things. I think there was actually one time I wrote, they do cool stuff here. Because, <laughs> yeah, words and things. But I wrote so much in the other part of my story because that's where I had felt that inspiration and I could just keep driving. So if you run into that spot where you're like, I don't really know what I want to do with this scene, but I kind of have an idea with this other scene, skip it, move on, do something else. Probably the biggest mistake I've seen
0: myself make when it comes to inspiration is to be inspired and go, oh, I'll write that tomorrow. And then by the time it comes around, I'm less interested in it and I might be thinking about something else because I learned something new and then I have to go down this rabbit hole instead. So my biggest advice to everyone out
1: there is to answer the muse. She is a fleeting, wonderful creature of mythology that if we do not beckon her call, she will find someone else. She does not obey us. But we can obey her. So if you are struck by the muse, drop what you're doing and just do it. And even if you can't write a full-blown scene, at least write some notes. Get something down on the paper so that when you do have time to pick it up and write, you have that hint of the muse that you can drive further. We talked about designing
0: a lifestyle around writing. Making it so you always have access to answer the muse when she calls is a big part of that.
1: So have that idea notebook, have that pen and paper with you at all times. Yes, I said pen and paper. (laughs) With you at all times so that you can get that idea out on the page. And remember, plotters, the muse is for you too. It is not only something for the panzers. Muses can strike when you're writing an outline. Yes.
0: When I outlined the play that I was writing, it was just between two characters. And so I needed to make sure certain events happened at certain times so it didn't get boring or redundant. Obviously, if I wasn't there in the writing process yet, I would need to write that down. It's like, oh, oh, I need to make sure they play a chess game in the second scene. Even if I was in the first scene, I could... Jot that idea down on the scene two page at the back of my notebook. Then when it came time to actually
1: write, I had this list of ideas of what needs
0: to happen in scene two.
1: And don't be afraid about using up all your creativity. Like the quote we had at the beginning from Maya Angelou, you cannot use up all of the creativity. The more you use it, the more access you'll have to it. But if you stop answering the muse, if you stop using that creativity, it will not flow as easily. I've heard of inspiration
0: being likened to a faucet where the water won't come if
1: it's not turned on. You have to be ready to receive it. Another thing that can help is by taking note of when you feel inspired. Do you constantly get inspiration if you're in a particular place or listening to a certain kind of music? If you notice that consistency Find a way to put yourself in that place, because like we talked about in our location episode, it's the Pavlov training. If that's where creativity strikes you, you go there again, creativity strikes you again. The more you go there, the more creativity will strike.
0: Yes, you actually train yourself to enjoy hot cocoa every time that you are writing. Then when you start tasting hot cocoa outside of your writing time, it might trigger that same feeling. I notice a lot of fantasy authors draw inspiration from gaming, especially D&D. We both play D&D. There's a certain amount of chaos to everyone thinking they're the main character, which is a lot of fun. If you're drawn to storytelling through games, then I would definitely suggest at least sitting in on a D&D game. There is conflict because anytime you have two humans in the same room, there will be conflict, except for us because we never argue. <laughs> But that conflict resolution is a part of the storytelling process. And I think that's a really genuine way to tell a story.
1: And so it's a different way of me thinking that can help me with my characters, making sure that I'm not making my characters me. And not making all of the characters the same. So to sum up, answer the
0: muse, answer your characters, and train yourself to be inspired
1: because you won't always feel it when you're writing down. And even if you don't have the call of the muse to beckon you towards writing, sit and write anyway, and make sure to remember, write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts, or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots@aspenhousepublishing.com, or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing.